Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Today, I am not just the host, I get to be the co-host, which is one of my favorite uh, things to do because I get to be joined by my co-host, Jamie Stegmeyer. Hey, Richard. It's good to be back. It's awesome to have you back. Uh, and for those of you who might be tuning into your first episode, Jamie uh, is the founder, president of Stonemeyer Games, and you can find a lot of his great content at StonemeyerGames.com. And that's where you write your blog. How many, how many Kickstarter uh, updates or ideas, whatever you call them, blog entries, have you done so far? So far, I am up to uh, 102 Kickstarter lessons. That's what I call them. Yeah, so number 100. I wasn't sure what to do for number 100, but I ended up writing about the three secrets to marketing. And then for number 101, I wrote about um, a study I read about about how momentum on Kickstarter leads to a, a much greater chance of success. Well, which one do you want to – let's talk about one of those. Which one would you like to talk about? Let's let's talk about let's talk about momentum today. I'm, I think that's there, there's some interesting data in this study, and I I only really touched upon it in the entry, so I'm really curious to hear what you think about it, Richard. Okay, so first of all, let's identify when we're talking about momentum. And that's that idea that on a Kickstarter campaign, I guess what we're talking about, and there's several different camps here about how you know finish strong, start strong. Uh, the lag in the middle. Where did you approach? I, I did read the article, but from your words, where did you kind of approach this? Well, yeah, when I think about momentum for a project, I, I, I mostly think about uh, getting early momentum, getting, uh, you know, building a fan base in advance of the project so that you have a good launch day and a good first couple of days, but also then sustaining that momentum throughout the project so you don't have a completely dead period in between. That way you can consistently work towards your goal or work beyond your goal. And so that's where uh, this, uh, the, this study by a behavioral psychologist who picked 200 um, unfunded projects. Maybe they had backers, maybe they didn't, but they weren't funded. And at random, he gave each of these 200 projects either somewhere between 1% and 10% of their overall goal. So th- these could be fairly large investments, so they could be pretty small. So if it was a project that was trying to raise a $5,000 he invested somewhere between fifty and five hundred dollars on that project. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then he watched those projects afterward to see what happened, to see if the the behavior of other backers changed after he gave after he became a backer and, and invested that money. And um, what he found in comparing that group to a control group of projects that were also randomly selected but didn't get that injection of money was that 70% of the projects that had that, that donation, that, that pledge, um, they received at least one other donation after that. Whereas thir- only 39% of the projects in the control group didn't receive a donation after that. Now, of course, this is kind of intuitive to us. You know, Of course, if, you, if a project raises a little bit more money, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be more attractive to other backers. Right. But I, I thought the data was interesting because that's a pretty big gap. That's a 31% difference um, showing the, the impact of momentum. Yeah, because we, insti- we, you and I have talked about this extensively because we instinctively know that when, because we, we've got kick track data to show it, we've got all kinds of our own personal experiences. We've talked to so many people, we've watched so much that, yeah, when that first 
those first few people come in, you can feel, you, uh-huh. and, and, the, and I hate to use that term, but you can. You can feel that momentum or you can feel that lack of momentum where things slow down. Right. Uh, and so what they're saying is, is that he went out and he made a pledge and gave him a little bit of an infusion of money and then sat back and kind of watched if it influenced anybody. I can understand how, the, okay, this is a tough, this is a tough uh, thing to track, but his data, at least it's something, says that momentum does have a positive impact. Is that, I assume that's what we're saying here. That, yeah, that's, that he, that's what he's saying. Um, it is a little, I, the, the data goes on to say something that is, is completely counterintuitive to me. And I'm not quite sure I understand what it means for Kickstarter because the data shows that it didn't matter uh, like the size of his random donation didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was 1% of the overall goal or 10%, the 50 or $500 example that you gave. didn't matter. And it also didn't matter. Uh, I think he, he tried a variation of the experiment where he had uh, several different donors give 1% to a project, which was interesting. Like, that was the part that I really didn't expect because I know you talk about how, like, uh, the crowd itself is what's really important, getting a number of backers. But his data kind of showed somehow that the idea of momentum goes beyond money and goes beyond the number of backers. It's just about the idea of moving forward in some way. I, I use the term energy. It, energy, yeah. If, if there's energy in the campaign, that energy is infectious. Um, but I've always said that that energy is usually... That backers, yes, I've always said, and you just said, backers are more important than the money. Money can be found anywhere. You can rob a bank to get money if you have to. But backers, you can't, don't go rob a bank. Um, that was not what I <laughs> But backers are, are hard to find. But what he's saying is, is that it, money, backers, it doesn't necessarily matter in his study because what, as long as there's energy or activity, period, mm-hmm. It is going to drive more activity. So when you say that he got some random ones, that means that he pledged and then he got two or three people to pledge as well? Exactly. Or maybe he created separate accounts under his own name and pledged under those accounts. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's what he's saying. Because I read it. I, as you read it, I thought he was saying that he did it and then he, on another one he would do it under somebody else's name and on another one he would do it on somebody else's name. But no, he's talking about doing several on the same project. Yeah. The, the, the quote is, it says, nor, as a subsequent experiment showed, did having four apparently separate donors each give 1%. Oh. So I think he created multiple accounts that yeah. looked like separate donors and then pledged under those accounts. Right. Okay. So what that then says is, is that any kind of activity is better than no activity. And his feeling is, is that the amount of money isn't – is that what he's saying? The amount of money isn't necessarily important – um, just that money's being given and the number of backers just as long as uh, – that's a tough one. It is tough. But I think your word energy might sum it up really well because really for any project, there's going to be a time, whether it's a day, a week, or uh, hopefully for most projects, just maybe an hour or so, that you that nothing happens. No one's commenting. No one's pledging. Yes. And so I think maybe what what we can take out of this is what what do you do during those – stagnant times so that you can keep that energy level up. Exactly. That energy level. Um, and you said, I'll go out to a, somebody's like back my project. Okay. I'll go look at it. 
Um, and then the first thing I look at is comments. <laughs> That's the first thing I look at. Well, and do you have more than one backer? Uh, comments, it's like if there's no comments, why would I back this? Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. Not, not, not only does nobody care, not even the owner cares because you can come up with some comment, something. Go get your mother to make a comment, something. I'm so <laughs> proud of my son. Look what he's done. Yeah, and then you, thanks, Mom. I really appreciate it. I mean, there, there's two comments. Uh, and, <laughs> and I'm not being facetious on that. Um, okay, so let's talk about building this momentum then. Because so, we have talked about this a little bit, and you mentioned it in your article, and some of it is counter to some of the things that we have talked about in the past, right? Right, yeah. Although it's it's also in line with some of the things we talked about. Like okay. you've mentioned your your get one more backer theory. Do you want to sum, sum that up real quick? Yeah, so, so let's, let's talk about that because it comes back to the energy, but it also goes into something else. Sometimes um, I've seen people just start to flail about, oh, my, uh, what do I do? Uh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this. And oftentimes, for example, I'll see people saying, well, I created this content or I created this new update or I, I did this, I did that. I'm like, okay, did you reach out and ask someone to contribute today? Well, no, but I created this and I created that. And, and oftentimes working in marketing for all these years, I, I see people who, who start building all these great websites or marketing collateral or whatever, but they don't actually reach out and just somebody, ask somebody to take action. And so the get the one more backer idea is, is that clear all that clutter away, clear all the ambiguity of what you should do next and just focus today and say, can I, what do I need to do to simply go find one person to support my project? And it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter the money. And this is where the whole back it for a buck idea came from. If I can just get momentum going as you use it or energy as I use it, if I can just get a little bit of energy and one backer, there's a psychological, there's a psychological thing that happens. And, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, that wasn't so hard. Oh, I bet you I could do this to get two backers. Oh, and then I can do that. And suddenly your brain kind of clears the cloudiness and you get to start executing and suddenly it becomes easier and you gain some momentum behind that. And I really believe in that. And it comes from some philosophy that I, I've, I've kind of studied and follow. And it has to do with a gentleman by the name of David Allen and his book, Getting Things Done, that's been out for a couple of decades. But one of the things he talks about is, is that when faced with a very complex project, stop and ask yourself of all the things that you need to do to finish this project, what's the next physical activity you need to do to move this project forward. And so often for a Kickstarter project owner, the next physical activity is simply to go find one more backer. Mm -hmm. Right? You don't just find one more backer. And sometimes that's, uh, that's how easy it is. So that's kind of where that one more backer idea came from. But you've got some thoughts on that as well. Well, yeah, I would, I would piggyback off that to add that in that quest to add one more backer, don't forget all of the other um, all, all of the other elements that, that you've talked about, that I've talked about, that, that people talk about when they talk about promoting and selling. Like just because you need one more backer doesn't mean that you should come across as desperate or it doesn't mean that you should um, uh, lose your, your sense of focus or your pitch. 
like all that stuff is really important in the way that that you seek out that one background, the way that you compel them to check out your project. Because, like you said, you're in fact every time you invite a new backer to your project, you're honing your pitch. You're making your pitch. Hopefully, you're making your pitch better so that when you ask another person, your pitch is a little bit better, a little stronger, maybe a little more customized for that person. Um, so I, I would just add that. That it, no, that's perfect. Yeah, perfect. But let's talk about because this. This kind of this whole momentum thing. Uh, what did you you mentioned it in there? It's the um, the reward thing, the uh, early bird rewards. Yeah, yeah. So this is something I really, I well, I, I I don't really struggle with it because in general I am against early bird rewards. I think there are a lot of better reasons uh, to compel someone to compel a, a potential backer to become a backer in the early days of your project. At the same time, um, I say that as, as a, from the perspective of someone who really doesn't have to do early bird rewards anymore at all for any reason. Whereas for new creators, it can be a really compelling way for them to attract people to back their project right away instead of hitting the remind me button and waiting for the, the final 48 hours or waiting for later, waiting for retail even. You know, I'm not – here's the thing. I, I don't think I agree with you, but I agree with you. Um, I I don't like early bird specials per se. I particularly don't like them for new project creators. You don't, okay, that's interesting. I think so my philosophy is, is that you Jamie Stegmeyer of Stonemeyer Games should be the one who offers early bird much more than a brand new person who has a brand new project does. That's my so that's why I disagree cuz our philosophies are completely opposite, but we kind of are agreeing that maybe it's served, early birds serve a purpose. Possibly. Although I'd love to hear why you... Because, and yeah. I'm smiling because I'm, I, I know that you're like, really? Okay, <laughs> let, tell me this. Um, you use the term early bird as an incentive to bring people in. I think that's a total failure. Uh, I think the, oh. you know, on sale now, I, personally, again, it's, you don't have a, by the time people show up, you've solved half the problem. And for new people, it's getting people to show up, not necessarily, although you've identified it, not necessarily getting them to, to give you the money right then. The reason I think that Jamie Stegmeyer should do early birds is not as an incentive, but as a reward. Uh, you have a legion of fans. They pay attention to you. They listen to you. They follow you. They, they, they stalk you at conventions. All these people who really value and you have an opportunity of returning and giving back to them. And you can do that by saying, look, uh, my project's going to launch on this date and I'm going to offer in the first 24 hours a pledge level for this amount, but it's only going to be in the first 24 hours. And I'm telling you my fans who read my blog or on, who follow me on Twitter or, or who what, on Facebook or whatever it is, I'm going to reward you by letting you know. Go ahead and tell anybody you want, but you, my fans, are going to know about this early. Okay, well, how, how, how many early birds do you make? It doesn't matter. You do it for 24 hours, and you're like, okay, it's going to be a 10% or 20% discount, or it's going to be this particular thing that you get, whatever. Then what happens is on the day you launch, those people are all queued up. Because they know that by pledging early, they have entered into a, an elite 
group of people, and those are identifiable super fans of Jamie Stegmeier, and you have rewarded them by giving them this badge of honor that I, I, raising my hand, am one of Jamie Stegmeier's real fans because I got in on the 24-hour early bird. Well, how can you do a 24-hour early bird? What you do is you say, okay, you put 100 of them out there. Well, it fills up. So put 100, you can add another pledge level. Okay, do another 100 more. And even say, this is a 24-hour pledge level. So as the 24 hours are ticking away, if it keeps filling up, you keep adding it in 50 increments or 20 increments or 100 increments, whatever that number is that you're comfortable with. And when the 24 hours is up, boom, you're done. And you've got, maybe you'll have a dozen pledges. Try not to do that. But if necessary, if this thing just got so big, but you have now rewarded those early bird people instead of penalizing late people. Um, that it's even in the description. This is given to those people who, my fans, I let them know here. And if you'd like to be on the next early bird, here's how you go follow my blog, subscribe to it and subscribe to my newsletter because that's how these people were rewarded for their, their value to, to me. See, that's, that's, that's how I see the early bird being used as an incentive, a, a reward instead of an incentive. So I, I definitely appreciate your perspective, Richard. Richard, do, do we have time for me to disagree here? <laughs> sure. We got about, we got about, oh, yes, yeah, sorry. We might have to cut out the whole previous section and just focus on this. Yes, go ahead. All right. So my, I, I, I love the idea of rewarding people who show up from day one and rewarding people who have supported you in the past and making them feel good about that. But I think there are a lot better ways to do that than money. I mean, even in the same podcast, we talked about how this isn't really about the money. Right. Um, it's a, in fact, I would go as far as to say that on Kickstarter, it's about the experience. It's about being there from day one and, and, uh, and being part of that elation when a project really takes off on day one or takes off in week one, whatever it is, early on. Um, being part of the conversation that day. Um, and, and getting attention from the project creator that day. You know, some project creator, some project creators may just let it run an autopilot for the first day or so when they're getting so many comments or responses. Um, a lot of project creators don't do that too. I, I personally, am, I try to be very engaged on that day and throughout the project and to make everyone feel valued. Um, and also I did a little thing, and I think this might show that money doesn't matter all that much. Um, for, for Tuscany, I created these little um, avatars for Kickstarter. You can change your profile photo on Kickstarter to whatever you want. And so I created these little avatars that said, there's one that said Tuscany Day One Backer. And there's one that said, I've backed Viticulture, Euphoria, and Tuscany. So kind, of a, kind of a badge of honor to show that uh, show someone's but involved. Isn't that, but if I don't back it on day one, I don't get one of those, right? You don't get one of those. So right. isn't that an early bird reward? Absolutely, but it's not financial, and so that way you're but, not. Yeah, go ahead. but my point wasn't that it didn't have to be financial. That whatever oh, okay. the reward was that you offered, you offered it on a limited basis to those people who responded early. It might be oh, okay. a, I used an example of ten to twenty percent discount, but it might be an additional thing like you're offering, which is oh, you get this special badge that nobody else will get. Yeah, and I. I, I agree with that, but I, I think that whatever that thing is, I think it matters. Um, because say that I, instead of doing a, a little digital badge, 
I did a promo card that no one else will ever get. Yeah, then you got a lot of pissed off people. Then I got a lot of pissed off people. And with early bird rewards, uh, the financial rewards, sure, $5 isn't a lot. Um, and it, it, in the long run, it probably doesn't even matter that much. But in a small way, you're not only rewarding people who show up on day one, but you're, you're penalizing everyone else. And you might be penalizing people that you don't even mean to penalize because not everyone is going to be at their computer or not everyone will be able to be at their computer on day one right. or day two or whatever. So that's why I'm really hesitant about it. No, I hear you. And yeah. we were going to talk about momentum when we ended up, and we always do when it comes to early birds because it is such a, uh, an active discussion, a lot of energy around that topic out on the, yeah. the forums. Let's, we are out of time. Um, let's come back and do uh, another episode. We can touch on momentum a little bit more uh, if we need to, but there's uh, some other things uh, that we can talk about as well. You want to do that? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to Funding the Dream. The time goes always so fast when Jamie and I are on the, the show together. I appreciate you listening. Tune in next time. Uh, one of these episodes soon, Jamie and I will follow up and we'll have another discussion. Thanks for listening. Take care.